السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف المرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد Last week we began speaking about the concept of tawbah and repentance and to summarize we as human being are sinful regardless of our level of iman and our level of commitment to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to the way of Allah azza wa jal and his sharia we will sin and because of that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed us with repentance tawbah and he has made a clear command and general command in the Quran this is a command of Allah repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is not a suggestion it is a command repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all together all the believers none has been excluded we said this verse was revealed in Medina after the Sahaba radiallahu anhumajma'in gave everything that was dear to them for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They gave up their wealth, their lives, their homes, migrated from Mecca to Medina. After all of this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Watubu mu'minun. Repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because you will always have shortcoming. Even in offering our worship and obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we fall short. And we gave an example of our salah and our fast and all of the ibadah. None of the duties that Allah has prescribed upon us, whether, whether they relate to Allah or they relate to other human beings, none of them are we completing. We are not doing them to the best possible manner. So for that we have to repent. And then on top of that we commit sins, minor and major sins either due to ignorance or due to desire. So we know something is haram, but we desire it and we enjoy it. So we ignore the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and commit the sin. This is in summary what we discussed last week. The first thing that we are going to expand on is the three conditions which we said what are the three conditions for tawbah to be accepted the first one is you forget what you've done before regret. regret you regret what you have done in the past the second is firm huh? firm what firm intention not to return to sin we have to remember these things if we want our Repentance to be accepted. And the third, actually it comes first in the order of things, to stop sinning. So the first condition is stop the sin. If you want your repentance to be accepted, you cannot repent and whilst you are committing the sin. Allah will not accept your repentance. The second, you need to have regret that you transgress the limits of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we said in order to acquire that regret, if it is something that you enjoy, think about the consequence of that sin. That I have displeased Allah by committing this sin. And I could be punishable in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for having committed this sin. So what will happen? Your love for that sin will slowly begin to turn into hatred. 
you will want to distance yourself from it because of its consequences. And the third is that you have firm intention not to re return to, to the sin. These are the three conditions. Now, if you look at this, these three conditions, they relate to reasons why we, committed the, we commit sins in the first place. They relate to what? To the reason why we commit sins in the first place. A person who commits sins is doing it one of, we said, one of two reasons. The first one is, what is the first one? That he doesn't know that it is a sin. Lack of knowledge, ignorance. This is one, jahl. And the second is that he knows it is a sin, he or she knows it is a sin, but they commit it defiantly in order to fulfill their, their pressure. These are qualities which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned in the Quran, both of them. What are they? Okay, a hint. Surah Al-Fatiha. You don't need Surah Al-Tawbah, just Surah Al-Fatiha. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ihdina as-sirat al-mustaqeem. Guide us to the straight path. Straight path is what? Living your life according to the command of Allah and the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is the straight path. So we are asking for guidance. And then we say, Sirat al-ladheena an'amta alayhim. The path of those whom you have blessed. The anbiya, the salihin, the shuhada, uh, the righteous people. And then you say what? غَيْرِ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا الضَّالِّينَ غَيْرِ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ That we seek protection from falling into the ways of those who have earned the anger of Allah. Why have they earned the anger of Allah? They know it's wrong, they do it. That's, that's how you earn the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That you know something is evil, but you commit it regardless. Knowing, knowingly committing sin. In this case, knowingly committing disbelief. And the second is what? Waladdalin, those who don't know. They are astray, but they are not aware of it. So when the Muslim, the believer in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commits a sin, he acquires one of these two qualities. Either he is committing it out of ignorance, he is astray, jahil, or he is committing knowingly that it is haram and displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then he is doing what? Defying Allah azza wa jal. And for that he earns the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So ignorance opposes knowing the path of guidance. Allah revealed the Quran and sent Rasulullah to this ummah and revealed scriptures and, um, and sent anbiya to the past umam in order to show the path of guidance. So when a person does not know that something is a sin, they are responsible. They can't say in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, I was not aware it is a sin. Allah will say, I sent down the book and I sent the messenger to explain the revelation. So you should have acquired the knowledge. So not knowing is not an excuse in the sight of Allah in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not knowing that something is not a sin is not an excuse. Why? Because actually every action that the believer is doing, before they do it, they need to know whether this is permissible or not. If you don't know, don't do the action. Find out first. Yeah? 
So what happens generally is that people do things and then they come and say, is this halal or haram? Too late. You may not have been aware and this may be a lesser sin than doing something when you are aware. However, what has happened is that you did not follow the command of Allah in the first place. He said, Ask the people of knowledge if you do not, if you do not know. So the believer should not do an action unless he is aware that it is permissible. And secondly, he should know the way of Rasulullah so that he has added reward. Like you are doing halal, you are eating, this is halal, command of Allah Azza wa But if you do it according to the sunnah of Rasulullah you will be rewarded. So this, this is the first condition or the first state a person is in while committing a sin. The second state is a state of defiance. And defiance generally goes with those sins which we commit knowingly and repeatedly. We have no intention of giving them up. They have become habit and we know they are wrong. For example, somebody who uses foul language, he knows this is haram. But what happens, it becomes a habit. And this is known as Israr, to remain persistent on sin. This, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all, is a very grave matter. Because swearing is not a major sin. Yes? If I got angry and I swore, this is a minor sin. I can make istighfar. And if I swore at somebody, then I can ask for forgiveness. But if generally I said something that was inappropriate, then this is a minor sin. But if I start including one of these words in every sentence, which is unfortunately in some of our Muslim cultures, in our language, every other sentence has a swear word in it, then it happens, what happens there? I am remaining persistent on that sin. This is a major sin. Persistence on sin is far greater than committing the sin in the first place. Okay. This is why ulama say that with tawbah there is no major sin. Meaning Allah will forgive anything. Allah will forgive anything. Nothing is, no sin is too great for the forgiveness of Allah. And he says, وَرَحْمَتِي وَسِعَتْ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ My mercy encompasses all things. Meaning that no matter what sin you have committed, if you turn to Allah, Allah will forgive you. So with tawbah there is no major sin, actually no sin remains. And with persistence there is no minor sin. You can't say, I am persisting on this sin but it is only a minor sin. No. By persisting you have now committed a major. Why? Because you are defying Allah Azza It is not a matter of weakness, you just weakened. Or a matter of desire. No. You are defying Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And if you are defying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this opposes. So the first one, committing the sin unknowingly, this opposes guidance because you do not know guidance or the path of guidance. And the second, persistence on sin opposes guidance in that you do not have a true intention. So you may know the path of guidance, but you do not have a firm re resolution to commit 
to the path of, of guidance, which means that these two are not being guided from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Actually, guidance and hidayah from Allah is that Allah enables a person to refrain from sin. Allah enables a person to refrain from sin. Another important a set of important points. So the first one we started with is the conditions of tawbah, which we mentioned last week. The second is that when a person commits a sin, he is in one of two states, either a state of ignorance or a state of defiance. Another set of reasons why a person has committed sins. Number one, that you have removed yourself from the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have removed yourself from the protection of Allah. This is why you have committed the sin. That is the outcome. Because if you were in the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He would do what? He would protect you. Allah Allah is the helping friend of true believers. How did he help them? He helps them against their enemies. Enemies are outer enemies and inner enemies. He helps you against shaitan and he helps you against your nafs. So the protection of Allah is there. But when you have committed a sin, it means that the protection of Allah is no longer, was not with you when you committed that sin. And who removed the, the, the protection? How was that protection removed? Did Allah remove it without reason? Your intention. Your intention to sin removed the protection of Allah. Intention to sin. We did not say the thought of sinning. Thought of sinning, you are not responsible for and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive it. Actually, He will reward you for it if the thought came and you did not carry out that that sin but when you've made firm intention and this is a very very grave matter may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us when a person prepares himself and steps out of his home intending to sin this is a great act of defiance one is you know you're walking on the road and something happened and the desire overpowered you and you committed a sin there was no intention there but one is a person is leaving his home. So he has woken up in the morning. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him health and well-being. And then he ate his breakfast. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him rizq. All of that in a nice warm home. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him shelter. And he is leaving that. All of these blessings which he just enjoyed. And he is doing what? Leaving his home with the intention to to commit sin so when you make firm intention to commit sin you have removed you have said to Allah Ya Allah I do not want your protection anymore I will do what I want to do now you've removed yourself Allah doesn't remove Allah is not unjust so this is the first the second thing we have to look at when committing a sin is whether we are satisfied and happy or not if we are not happy with committing a sin, then this is a sign of Iman and a sign that because uh, without the initial uh, regret in your heart, 
tawbah will not be acceptable. So it is a sign that although you have committed a sin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is wanting to forgive you. That's why he has placed that sadness in your heart. So what generally happens is that the believer does not want to disobey Allah. Except when? Except when his desire overpowers him or her. Then he becomes blind for a moment. A state of jahala. He is following his, his desire. When that desire is fulfilled and it goes away, what happens? The believer feels sadness because he knows he has done wrong. He has transgressed against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So even just that feeling, either when you are committing a sin, you feel unrest. This is a sign from Allah. And you have to pay attention to it. Because there will come a time where that will no longer be there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna Allah la yuhibbul farihin. Right? A person committing sin and they are happy about it. They are happy about it. And they have no regret, no sadness in the heart whatsoever. This person is in danger zone. It means this... His heart is dead. And the next step is disbelief. The next step is what? Disbelief. Whereas if the heart is alive, we are talking about the spiritual heart. If the heart is alive, what happens? This is a living heart. It is operating, right? Or rather, my hand is a living heart and it is working. It gets you to do salah and you know obligations and sunan and nawafil and obey the command of Allah. But your desire has veiled it. What happens when it is veiled? It cannot see now. It's not thinking about Allah is watching me, the consequence of this sin. I may be punished by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It complete veil. All he sees or she sees is, I have to fulfill this desire. And this comes from nafs. When he commits a sin and he has the feeling of regret, he needs, he or she needs to make tawbah at that moment. Because if he or she does not do tawbah in that moment, what will happen? It will be late. And the coming punishment is that Allah will remove that feeling. So what will happen? You will commit sins and you have no feeling whatsoever that you are doing wrong. That means your heart is completely dead. And if your heart dies, then there is a fear that you will even lose your iman, your belief. The third state is that when we commit sins time and time again, despite having the bad feeling in our hearts and we persist on them, this is a sign that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given up your protection. He is no longer protecting you. Persistence on sin means see protection from Allah is known as isma okay or nusra and he says if Allah helps you or supports you then none can overcome you 
No enemy can overcome you. Your shaitan, your nafs, they cannot overcome you. If you have the protection of Allah. When the protection is removed and you remain in that state, and you have not made tawbah, and you persist on sin, then Allah gives you up to shaitan and to your nafs. And this is known as khidlan. And Allah subhanahu wa says, وَإِن يَخْذُلْكُمْ فَمَنْ ذَا الَّذِي يَنْصُرُكُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِهِ If Allah gives you up, then who will come to your support? This is why you will find for a person who is committing sin and they want to give up that evil act without belief, it is generally impossible. Because there is no protection from Allah. So they will give it up for one month, two months, three years, four, 40 years, and then they will return to it. No protection from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He has given you up. You have some will, but eventually your nafs is, it is doing what? Shaitan and nafs are gaining momentum and they are gaining strength. And your resolve is weakening and weakening and weakening. And then something happens and you make an excuse for yourself. That I had given this up, but because of the situation, there is no harm in doing it again. And then what happens? That resolve falls and then the person returns to what? Persistence in sinning. So if a person does not remove himself from the protection of Allah, then Allah will become an obstacle between him and sin. If a person is not pleased with committing a sin, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already opened up the door for him for tawbah. The beginning of regret is present. And if a person does not persist on sin, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, although the protection was removed, it has returned. Whereas the person who persists, it means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given up your protection from that particular, particular sin. So what are the things that will motivate us from, for doing tawbah? So we spoke about the importance of tawbah, the conditions of tawbah, what are the states that we are in when we are committing sin, ignorance and defiance, and then the three uh, qualities of sin, that you are no longer under the protection of Allah. If you are pleased with the sin, then uh, there is no hope for repentance. And if you are persistent, then this is of itself, it is a punishment from Allah. That He has given you up, given up your protection altogether. This is a punishment from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what will motivate us to make tawbah? Fearing death will come before repenting. This is why you need to think about your death. And Rasulullah said what? Remember the destroyer of pleasures. So when you think about death, it controls the desire. Yes, the desire is present. But you say, what if I commit this sin and I die whilst committing it? What will happen? Don't let shaitan tell you, it's okay, commit the sin, then make tawbah, Allah is ghafur rahim. No. Say, so what if I, I am committing the sin and I die? Then what? 
I have not had the occasion or opportunity to repent. And on top of that, I will be resurrected sinning in a state of disobedience of Allah. How can I hope for salvation? And we said that Rasulullah said, uh, The person who, uh, when a person carries a certain lifestyle, then they will be resurrected. The person who is in Hajj, and dies, he is resurrected saying, A person is making Adhan, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, dies. He will be resurrected making Adhan. And people are dying like this. Person is reading Quran and dies, he will be resurrected reading Quran. If Allah resurrects you whilst you are reading Quran, what is this? A sign that he wants to have mercy on you. But a person committing zina and dies, is there hope for that person? Unless the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, comes into action. One, you, ha you have died in a state of disobedience. You are looking at haram and you die. You are in a state of disobedience. So thinking about death will control the, the desire. And it will close this door of shaitan. Commit the sin, then repent. No, I may die whilst committing the sin. And it has happened. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. For example, intoxicants, right? It's okay, I will uh, take the intoxicant and then I will make tawbah. And Rasulullah said that salah will, uh, uh, yes, so you are after Isha, you say, I will take the intoxicant and inshallah when I make fajr salah, I will repent. But what guarantees you that you do not die in that state of intoxication? How will you feel when you are resurrected before Allah and you are high or you are drunk? So this is the first, that fearing um, dying in that state. The second is when you get the feeling of sadness, don't disregard it, hold on to it, be sad for having committed the sin. Don't disregard it, don't say everybody else is doing it, or Allah is Ghafoor Rahim, Allah will forgive me. Or that I am doing good deeds on the side, so, you know, I'm, I am creating a balance. No. When you get a, that feeling of sadness and guilt, then hold on to it. And remain in that state for some time. And contemplate it. So that it increases to the level where it pushes you to make intention of not returning to, to the sin. And also, um, that when you have made tawbah, it is important to do what? To make effort to make up for what you have lost. And this is a major door for remaining steadfast upon tawbah. See, sins, when we are doing them, they are actions, right? When we are doing them, they are taking up some of our time. If you just stop the sin and you don't do anything, you don't replace it with obedience, what happens? You've left the door open. You've got nothing to do. And boredom comes. Right? And then when that burden comes, shayta, uh, uh, the, shay, uh, the, the nafs inclines to the sin. Just like nafs misses the sin, just like we miss the beloved. Your father has traveled away on Umrah. 
you miss him. Your mother, your wife, your children have gone away. You miss them. This is the feeling that nafs has initially when you give up the sin. But what happens, you know, when a son leaves his home, he's going to university. The first day he cries. Yes. Or a daughter. The first day, the second day, they feel a ball in their throat, heavy chest, heavy heart. And then one week passes, two weeks pass, and then the feeling goes away. And a person is aware that I am away from my parents, but it is not, the feeling is not present. So it is reduced to something that a person can continue living their life, no problem, and enjoy other things and be happy. But initially, at the loss of, of a loved one, what happens is there is so much sadness, you can't eat, you can't drink, you can't sleep, you can't work. Even the things that you enjoy, you don't no longer enjoying. Why? Because the pain has encircled you completely. And then what happens with time? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala heals you. So it goes distance. The pain is still there, but it is now smaller. Likewise, when the sin is detached from the nafs is detached from the sin, the initial few days or weeks, what happens? There is a strong longing for that sin, almost a sadness in the nafs. And then eventually what happens? If you occupy yourself with ta'a, Allah gives you strength and resolve and it becomes a distant memory. And, and then it comes, a, a time will come where you completely hate that state of sinning or that sin and you no longer long for it. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us. One very important dua. We mentioned last week that when we make dua, oh Allah forgive all my sins, minor sins, major, major sins. Sins I have committed knowingly and sins I have committed unknowingly. Sins I have committed in the open and sins I have committed secretly. Today we are going to make another dua. And I want every one of you, inshallah azzawajal, including everyone, to do what? To make this dua in their heart, in relation to their sins, past sins. That, oh Allah, I have no excuse for my sin. Don't make excuses, we said. I have no excuse for my sin. Allahumma la bara'ata li min dhamb, fa'a'tadir. I have no excuse to present before you for having committing this sin. I know that it was haram and I am enjoying your blessings. And I have no power to protect me from your punishment. If you had power to protect yourself from punishment, then go ahead and sin. Because you are now able and capable of taking care of yourself. But the servant of Allah knows that I am completely in the control of Allah. So I have no excuse and I have no strength to undergo um, or to protect myself from your wrath and your punishment. But rather, I am a sinner seeking repentance. So, Allahumma la bara'ata li min dhanbin fa'a'tadir. I have no excuse to present before you for having committed the sin. And I have no power to protect myself from you. But rather, I, have, I am a sinner who acknowledges his sin and is seeking repentance. Allahumma la udhra li. Oh Allah, I do not have an excuse. Wa innama huwa mahdhu haqqika wa mahdhu jinayati. The reality of the matter is that you had a right upon me and I transgressed that right. Innama huwa mahdhu haqqika. You have a right upon me to obey you and worship you. And I have jinayati. I have transgressed that right.
فإن عفوت وإلا فالحق لك if you forgive then that is good for me or else the right belongs to you that when it, when I have transgressed against you then you have the right to to punish me and for me to face the consequences of of my sin having said that Rasulullah always taught that do not say oh Allah forgive me if you want no say oh Allah forgive me and be firm uh, have firm belief that Allah will forgive your sin because if you say ya Allah forgive me if you want what will happen the first thing is that you will have doubt maybe he forgave maybe he didn't but if you have firm that ya Allah forgive me then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive you because he deals with his servants according to his expectations we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our sins a number of announcements uh, and these days we are hearing of deaths especially in our community somebody said more than 10 janaza um, in, in, in just this month of December so we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive the sins of those who have passed away our brother Alauddin uh, died on Wednesday night 11 p.m. Um, and uh, brother is requesting dua for his daughter Murshida Khanam who also passed away uh, and we ask specifically for these people the people of our community our relatives may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive them elevate their status make their graves gardens from the gardens of paradise and make them steadfast in the questioning of the angels and we also continue to make dua for all that have passed uh, from the believers so that when we die we find somebody who will make dua for us there will be janazah salah after the, the Jumu'ah salah inshallah